0: What's up Midas Mighty and welcome to the Midas Touch Podcast. Ben, Brett and Jordy and I've got one message for you. Democrats deliver with Representative Debbie Dingell. You Let's heard go. it here. We're we kicking Repre- off
1: this episode with some alliteration, y'all. You know it's going to be a good episode of the Midas Touch podcast when Ben goes straight to alliteration.
0: <laughs> Democrats <laughs> deliver. We have Representative Debbie Dingell from Michigan's 12th congressional district. Excited to have her on the podcast. Can to- I just say how powerful the Midas Mighty is that?
1: Representative Dingle makes the headlines. What day was it? That was Friday, right? That was a couple days ago. And so I just start thinking, you know, it'd be amazing if we got Representative Dingle on the Midas Touch podcast. So I threw out a little message to the group I said, hey, would you guys want to see uh, Representative Dingle on the podcast? I mean, that'd be pretty cool, right? The response was overwhelming. And because of that response, we were able to book Debbie Dingle for the Midas Touch podcast just two days later. And I think that is the power of the Midas Mighty right there. So thank you all for all the messages and uh, for encouraging Representative Dingle to come on the show. And we cannot wait. To speak with representative Dingell today about yeah, how democrats this, are delivering I,
2: no you're right but that's gonna get me in a lot of trouble with the guest who was supposed to have the slot who i told uh we're not shooting today i didn't, I didn't really think that one through and now i have to figure out a date to reschedule them this thing's <laughs> about to go live they're probably listening to this very rant right now who's the guest so you're talking about i don't even know i'm not i'm not saying the name <laughs> but we bumped them you bumped for somebody represent- for everybody
0: for, for, yes. oh my gosh yikes Yes. <laughs> and then wait a minute. So you bumped <laughs> you bumped a guest, Jordy, and just said we weren't recording today? I panicked. I didn't know what to do. The
2: Midas Mighty, they wanted Representative Dingle. <laughs> we delivered Representative Dingle. And i said, I'll figure this out later. And uh, Jordy,
0: let me ask you this. You are aware <laughs> that more people watch this podcast than the three of us, right? I am aware. Yes. And you're aware that that guest and their communication staff reached out to us and that means they're aware of the show, correct? Look, <laughs> like, I know what I did here and I, I can't back out now. Jordy, let me go one step further. <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is the motto of Midas Touch? Truth is golden. And did you follow the motto? I, I did not follow the motto, no. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> Ben, ben just arrested his case. I arrested my case. I took Jordy <laughs> on the ultimate cross-examination. And uh, I want to talk about a more important examination of our democracy about why Democrats can win. One, we know Democrats deliver. And I want to talk to Representative Dingle about Democrats delivering. But also, one of the things that we saw before was there used to be lots of in fighting within the Democratic Party, you know, in the past. And one of the major problems was the Democrats can't be unified. And I think Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have done actually a very good job of unifying Democrats around core policies like infrastructure, like climate change, like uh, making the economy work for all Um, that actually has unified the Democratic Party in important ways. On the other hand, what we're seeing and one of the tenets of Trumpism, and we've seen this dating back in the days when Donald Trump was a failed businessman and trust fund baby, was that all of his things went bankrupt. There was always infighting and things were destroyed based on him being involved, no matter what it was, whether it was stakes, airplanes, buildings, you name it, that's what would happen. Um, We are seeing that right now with the Republican Party. They are going at each other's throats and it's hard to even follow who's going against who because you have kind of these radical Trumpists going after other radical GQP members um, and basically, depending on their devotion to Trump, their devotion to uh, their hatred of minorities and women. They, they rally around these different issues, but they're hating each other for not being extreme enough. And Trump kind of poured some additional fuel to that fire when he went to Georgia, right, Brett? Yeah, so Trump, Trump had this crazy rally
1: in Georgia, which, I mean, you I don't like giving the guy too much airtime, but sometimes it's good to know what's going on during these events. And it's also... Good to know how we could use these events for our benefit because a lot of people listen to this guy. And first, I just want to add that I think what you're getting at Ben, and I think what we're seeing right here amongst the Republican party is all these people have sort of made this deal with the devil and they rode this deranged GQP fascist wave into Congress. And now they are realizing that there's no appeasing people with these crazy purity tests of being crazy and deranged. If everything you do is through the lens of appeasing Donald Trump, your cult leader, then if you run astray of the cult leader, the cult then eats its own. And so we're seeing that on a large scale across whatever platforms that they think are the correct Trumpist platforms. And those are typically, like you said, Ben, the platforms which target minorities, target childbearing persons, target individual liberties and freedoms and rights, target common sense policies. And so anytime that a politician on the right goes against this, even if they are one of the politicians who rode this fascist wave into Congress themselves, they are met with a flurry of attacks from the very people who put them there because there's no appeasing these people. That's why it's so dangerous, this wave they rode on. And it's so dangerous that they have appeased these people and continue to appease these people because it just continues to push them into these more radical positions. And so in Georgia, we saw Trump out there spouting some of the most deranged bullshit that he's spouting. And that for Trump, that is a lot to, to, to say that.
2: Arizona Audit. Someone's been practicing their The Arizona
0: trouble. Audit okay. shows that I won. I won. I mean, like, <laughs> how crazy is he? Even his ridiculous cyber ninjas show that Biden won by 366 extra votes in favor of Biden um, than what was previously counted. Um, yeah, there was a 360 so, net
1: vote gain for um, Biden. And then they tried to pick apart little sort of moments of like, oh, look, we found more envelopes in this system. And the, like they they do everything and they don't understand what they're reading. And then they spread disinformation based on not understanding what they're looking at because they don't know how elections work and they don't know how these processes work. And then they start posting fake images of Trump won Arizona. Like, It's the saddest Honestly, most just play.
0: Just play the one clip. And and I I hate to show former guy clips, but just show it because it's like a sick man. It's like who at a dinner table? Like like what what self-respecting individual even like communicates like this? Like, Brad, I want to tell you something that's crazy. Like it is (laughs) totally It's, it's a cult leader on drugs, speaking like a fucking madman next to Herschel Walker. When Herschel Walker, who's running for Senate against Warnock says, my qualifications to run for office, I'm American. And the crowd roars that the guy says his qualifications that he's an American. What qualifies me to run? I love America. It's So cartoonish. Just play that one clip of Trump just to see this guy's a fucking psycho. Yesterday we also got the results
1: of the Arizona audit, The Arizona which, audit, <laughs> which were so disgracefully reported by those people right back there in the headlines, the headlines. claiming that Biden won. That Biden won are fake the crowd news and the a finger very big to the lie. You know they like
0: people to are crazy. They just, shut right right just shut it all down. Just shut it down. All right, shut it down. You've heard enough. To- but
1: oh my God. Did his? He's just doing an impression of himself now, right? Like, <laughs> like that's not how I a told person- you that scene, right? Yeah, I yeah. You have <laughs> called it. That's he really is has become a caricature <laughs> of himself. I mean, what a crazy fucking guy! What a and the fact that a party is so beholden to this maniac. And let's face it, he's a maniac. This is a deranged, dangerous, lunatic maniac. And so the Republicans right now are in this place where they have to both both appease this maniac and his lunatic cult supporters and they also have to appease more independent minded moderate people and you just can't appease both factions and that's why in my opinion and by looking at what i'm seeing online and in all these conversations and republicans have messaged me also and they've commented to my tweets saying oh yeah you're actually totally right about this <laughs> is that is, is that there is no there, there can't be unity with this party when some of the people are hoping for the days of an old Republican party, and some of the people think there's a satanic cabal and Hillary Clinton is eating your children. Like there's no there's no medium. The Venn diagram, those don't touch. Those don't touch in the Republican Venn diagram. So, uh, you know, we're seeing just a lot of devastating sort of things out there for Republicans. And no, this doesn't mean that democrats are going to have an easier time passing legislation i mean the republicans in the senate and in congress are in lockstep with obstructing the democratic agenda at every single turn but i think it does open up a lot of opportunities for us electorally speaking i might you might say that the republicans have electile dysfunction here and i think that the Rep- <laughs> don't even I, like that come one. On. come <laughs> on man where'd you read that you, you didn't come on man and so but but we could use this to our advantage here because these are these are weak points and they're also dealing with the party who fundamentally doesn't believe that voting is a real thing. They don't believe in voting, period. So that's why we need to double down on the fundamentals. Jordy, you play basketball growing up. You fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Am I right? They call so me we get a, fundamental. Big. I've never heard that nickname for you, but okay. Big fundamental over here. Um, but we, we all need to be big fundamental. We need to be registering voters. We need to be getting to the polls. We need to be treating every election like it's existential and showing up because they're not showing up. And the only way that they will win these elections, the only way that they will win the election in Virginia, for example, the the governor's race, is if we don't show up. No, we're not going to take the stand like what the Republicans do and say, oh, it's going to be rigged. It's going to be rigged. No, we're going to show up and we're going to fight the rules where they are working to sort of quote unquote rig elections. We're going to fight gerrymandering. We're going to fight the redistricting. We're going to work hard in that respect, but we can never give up we need to keep our eyes on the prize and we need to get to the polls and we need to overcome
0: all that. And that's how we will win. And so they called me at Luhai basketball camp, Mr. Hustle, Jordy may have been Mr. Fundamental, but I was Mr. Hustle. Um, I was also most improved player. And here's why. Let me improve upon what Brett said. And let me just get you some specifics right now about specifically what was said. So Trump goes into Georgia. He's at the national fairgrounds. He's talking about all the Republicans that are have leadership positions in Georgia. And one by one, he calls them horrible, terrible, disgusting you know, so he goes, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, terrible. He then goes, Raffensperger basically calls Raffensperger a criminal, says they have a disaster of a governor and Governor Brian Kemp. And so it just goes in there and just like completely defames every Republican there, um, brings up Mitch McConnell. Um, who Donald Trump says he wants to primary um, and McConnell's getting booed. Brian Kemp's getting even bigger boo, bigger boos there. Good job, Republican
1: Party. This is your guy. You created
0: this way to go, way to go. We have Greg Bluestein, who's done some great reporting. He's a writer uh, in Georgia, did some great, re- always does great reporting. But he talks about getting texts from all these Republican officials in Georgia saying, what a shit show. We've reached a new low. I'm just so mad beyond words. And then you have even on the further most extreme kind of right end, the uh, Cat Turd account. i uh, <laughs> quoting this guy, Cat Turd. And Cat Turd just, he's a crazy GQPR. Let's be clear, you says, want to...
2: You- you went to four years of law school, so on our podcast, you could quote tweet uh, a Twitter
1: account named Cat Turd, but go on. Go. Guys, guys, he's not Cat Turd, he's Cat Turd 2, Cat Turd 1 was taken.
0: <laughs> cat, okay. yeah, cat turd is, and
1: cat. cat turd one were taken so you cat, turd,
0: cat turd cat turd two who who is cited favorably trump used to like retweet cat turd all the time and <laughs> he's that's like one he of else. these
1: like gqp influencers like you laugh and we laugh but he's like a guy who these people listen to on that side he's a very popular very
0: th- powerful in the in the gqp <laughs> movement cat <laughs> is cat turd and cat turd took a took his paw and meowed at Kevin McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can't make these things up. And then you have one of the big issues right now is what's called the red flag law that's in the National Defense Authorization Act, which funds the military. And there's a red flag law, which basically provides a process within the military if there's an individual who... Um, is a potential danger to himself and others there's a way for the military to confiscate the guns of that individual for a temporary period of time so that the person doesn't get involved in a mass shooting Um, and then as soon as the process is determined that the person's able to have his guns back um, they're able to return the guns. Obviously, we know there's lots of mental health issues within the military, lots of PTSD. And we've seen military members engage in mass shootings. So it would seem natural that you would want a process if there's an imminent threat that a military member may be engaged in a mass shooting or a shooting that you would temporarily remove the guns from him. Um, there were a number of Republicans who voted in favor of uh, this act not because they supported that red flag law, but because they supported the uh, National Defense Authorization Act. They were against that part, part, but justified their vote as saying they wanted to fund the military. And that threw the GQP into craziness. How dare you support a red flag law? And then they're fighting over the nuance of Hey, we didn't mean to fund the a bill that has a red flag law. We were funding the military. We're cool with giving guns to military members who may be imminent threats of mass shootings. We're <laughs> so we're. Cool. we're that's I just a, want to. I just want to clarify here. We're okay with that. I just want to
1: clarify, even though our vote said the other opposite. I just want to clarify. We want dangerous people to own weapons.
0: We're we're <laughs> against the red flag laws. We voted for it because it was part of the broader authorization act, is what they're saying. And then you have the another wing of the Republican Party saying you shouldn't have even funded the military because they had a red flag law, which would have removed weapons of a military member through a military court process. By the way. Um, and then the guns would be returned when it's adjudicated that the person's fine. Like, so that's what the law, what the, what that rule is. And they're saying that we shouldn't fund the military if that is a rule there. We should encourage. Like, that is what we're dealing with, too. And there's a fight between this Lauren Witzky, who I've never really even heard of, but apparently like cat turd. Another one of these. She's a big influencer in this party. She got kicked off Twitter, I think. She got kicked off Twitter, but on Instagram, (laughs) she basically posts phony photos of Trump winning Arizona three days ago. She posted two days ago a photo or a video that i don't know what it's of but it's a it's labeled hillary clinton is going into eat children um is what it says on instagram i don't know how instagram allows these things to this instagram to, is owned by facebook and you know how instagram yeah allows. it, it was to, from
1: hillary clinton being inaugurated as uh, the queen's university chancellor that's that's what the video was hillary clinton was being honored and what, what does it say in it? It
0: says that she's going to eat the children.
1: Yeah, something about, yeah, Lauren Whitsky says, oh, there goes Hillary Clinton uh, going with her child slaves, going to eat children. Jesus. Uh, as, uh, you know.
0: That is what the GQP is doing. But look, why are we telling this to you? One, we have a podcast, so we have to tell you things. Uh, <laughs> two, it's because there is disunity there. And there are lots of forces that are trying to tell us 2022 is going to be an uphill fight. 2022 GQ peers are going to take the House because that's what happens when someone from the other party um, wins the White House. And I say to you, look what's going on, Dems. Watch that. We need to take advantage of this climate. Exactly what's going on in Georgia, which we led with. Is going to go on on a nationwide basis as the GQP eats its own. They're fighting over who's a rhino, and they all think they're each other's are rhinos because at the end of the day, none of them are Republicans. They are just varying degrees of fascists. I want to talk about BetterHelp before bringing in our guest representative Debbie Dingell. This podcast is sponsored by better help. If there is something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, better help may be for you. I'll tell you on my own. end when I'm running a hundred miles per hour in my law practice and the business practice, and then working on Midas touch humble sometime, brag, what, over what here. a flex, what a flex. Yeah, Keep a going. Flex, You're doing flex. great. <laughs> Keep it up. Sometimes you need a mental health break and you need to speak to people who can help you achieve your goals. And I think that's important for us all brothers. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapists because yeah, even if you do all those things, even if you're not doing those things, sometimes we all need to have that professional therapist help us out. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful Responses plus you can schedule a weekly video or phone session, so you won't ever have to sit in uncomfortable waiting rooms as with traditional therapy, which is something that I never like to do. Which is why I like BetterHelp because you can make those weekly video uh, schedules. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. That's go to betterhelp.com. It's H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash reviews. So visit betterhelp.com slash Midas. That's better H-E-L-P and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Special offer for Midas Touch podcast listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Midas. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Midas. And I'll just tell you, you know, you go, you look at these reviews here and some of them Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And people seem to be having just a great experience. And my experience was one that was very positive as well. And I like having sponsors on this show, as always, that are things that I think are important for uh, for people, um, yeah. especially during these strange and uncertain times. With that said, thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this podcast. Let's bring on Representative Debbie Dingell, Representative Dingles from Michigan's 12th Congressional District. Welcome to the podcast.
3: It is great to be with the trio of brothers, and um, <laughs> I'm honored to be here with you.
0: And it is great to be with you. We want to get into it right away with this infrastructure and reconciliation bill. We've been hearing about it for a long time. Representative Dingell, where are we in the process? Is this getting passed? And what do we need to do to get this really, really crucial legislation through so the American people can benefit from it?
3: So I'm going to say several things to you. One, failure is not an option. It, if we let the American people down and we don't get this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, how many presidents, Republican and Democrat, have talked about fixing our roads and bridges, our infrastructures, you know, equal to any third world country, something we should, you know, really be proud of uh this pandemic has taught us uh, or we've seen firsthand how rural areas and urban areas don't have access to the internet. Uh I live in a state where you see what happens to children who have lead in their water in Flint. But Benton Harbor is the latest example. We need to get let out of every pipe in America. 3 million women have left the workforce because of the issue of child care. Uh, For me, it's both bills. We need both bills. I'm someone that if you can bring people together and you got agreement, that first part of the bill is important, but we need the second part. There's not enough money in that bill. uh, I stood in the White House when the president announced a goal of 50% electric vehicles by the year 2030. That's not going to happen if you don't build out an infrastructure that people have confidence they can get their vehicle charged. Uh, we, there isn't enough money in that bill to get let out of pipes. There's not enough money in that bill for broadband, let alone a number of other important things that people care about. We need both of them. And this is gonna be a really tough week. I can tell you that. Actually, it's gonna be the week from hell. But at the end of it, uh, Democrats need to realize we gotta come together. The D in Democrat is for deliver. And we got a responsibility as Democrats, to deliver for the American people. And if we let, and excuse me, but this is a podcast, not public broadcasting, if we let a pissing contest between all of us keep us from delivering for the American people, shame on us, and that's really not an option. And while I don't think it's gonna be a pretty week, we will get this job done.
0: And I think poll after poll shows that these policies are supported by the American people. Americans want better infrastructure. And is it surprising to you the kind of adamant resistance that exists by other politicians in, in the Republican Party to infrastructure? I mean, just to the idea of making um, America uh, stronger, better, safer, healthier. I mean, the adamacy of that resistance to infrastructure is just so strange.
3: What I think you are seeing is Republicans who don't want to vote for anything, that they, sent the, they forget that they were sent to Congress. I'm an American. I wanna make that really clear. My party affiliation is not what I think of first. I think of myself as an American who loves our country and is very proud of the leadership position it has played in the world since its founding and we're losing that. And I think that Congress means coming together and that our job is to come together and that what is happening now with people not thinking about substance, not trying to find that common ground, not coming together to vote on policy, we can disagree but we can do it agreeably. But just to say no to everything, and it happens too much, it's not acceptable. The American people are expecting us to deliver. The bridges are falling down. The roads are in terrible shape. We need to come together and no votes just for the sake of a no vote isn't what our Congress is supposed to be doing.
0: What I love, Representative Dingle, that you do is every day you're out there speaking about concrete policies. You're talking about the Better Care Job Act. You're talking about expansion of Medicare. Um, and I don't think we hear it in those defined terms from lots of politicians who speak more in kind of sound bites about what's going on. So. Talk to us about some of those policies, in addition to the infrastructure and reconciliation bill that you're championing and you think are important in this term.
3: Well, I have a lot of things that I care deeply about um, in this bill. I I touched upon it when I talked about electric vehicles, but I'm going to expand on that because the fact of the matter is, is that transportation contributes or is responsible for almost 30 percent of the carbon emissions in this country. So we do need to do something about it. Global climate change is real. You know, people see the hurricanes and what, what happened in uh, Louisiana was horrific this year. Yes, it was horrific with the floods that happened in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. But you know what? My, my, the Midwest, Michigan, my hometown has been flooded eight times since the end of June. Uh, just Dearborn had more than 20,000 homes that were damaged from the first flood the last weekend in June. And we've had since then seven more storms. We've been without electricity, uh, uh, how many times? We need to address climate change. It is real. We cannot, we are on red alert. So we need to move to electric vehicles. We are not gonna get there unless people, I say they're three buckets. People can afford the electric vehicle, the, the vehicles on the road now, for the most part, one, they're not 100% electric vehicle. And the one that is, is a luxury car. Most people can't afford it. Two, we need a battery that uh, is that range so that people feel like it's not a luxury car that's just up, but that it has the range. we got to find those and develop those minerals here for that battery, and we got to build it here in the United States of America. And then third, we need to build out the infrastructure for charging, and we've got to upgrade our power grid by 50%. That's real. And by the way, we've all seen these power outages uh, that have been happening more and more frequently, and we're vulnerable there. So that's one issue that I'm working very hard in the Build Back Better bill. But you talk about home-based care. I'm someone, so we've had 3 million women that have left the workforce because we don't have childcare in this country. It has gotten much worse since the pandemic. That workers just aren't there. And they're in the sandwich generation. I was someone who, you don't understand how bad long-term care is in this country until you are touched by it and you're in the system. And I was blessed, I miss my husband every day. Um, the last four years of his life, I learned a lot and his brain was there every single minute, but um, I, 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 I couldn't, you know, at the beginning he didn't, he could be alone some of the time, at the end I had to find somebody for him. I was lucky, I, he wanted to stay at home. Nine out of 10 Americans want to stay in their own homes as they get older. They should be able to live with dignity and respect. They, worked a long time, we're the only industrialized nation that doesn't take care of its seniors, doesn't have long-term care. So I do have uh, a provision with Bob Casey from the Senate that would take almost a million people are on a waiting list right now for home care, home and community care, uh, being allowed to stay in your own home. Medicaid is the larger payer, largest payer of long-term care in this country, it's totally, totally tilt in its institutional care. And that's not where most people wanna stay And With a little help, they can stay in their homes. So that's, that's another part of this bill. And by the way, the Oxford Dictionary says that infrastructure is the processes that let a country or corporation operate efficiently. The processes that keep it going. What's more important than making sure your family's safe when you walk out the door and go to work? I could keep going those are two of my top priorities
0: i think nothing's more important than fighting for the american people and democrats are fighting for the american people and putting forward ideas then on the other side you have these i, I think it was uh representatives Thalwell said uh wwe kind of fascists they're just playing a game of these uh, republicans and so you have these characters out there who are just out there spewing hate you know marjorie taylor green Um, heckling Democrats on Capitol Hill the other week or last week after Democrats passed legislation regarding the Texas abortion law, reaffirming the constitutional right of childbearing person's right to choose. And she just stood there, started screaming at everybody. And there was an interaction between you and her. You tweeted later, be a good neighbor. Don't mess with Michigan woman. Um, So what happened there?
3: Well, it wasn't my proudest moment in one sense that I do believe we should be civil towards each other. But we uh, I do want to place it in context that a a group of women were standing at the top of the steps for an extended period of time while we were waiting for the speaker to come out. At the bottom of the steps were about 100, 150 of my colleagues who are going to do a press conference with the speaker on build back better. Uh, she came out and screamed at us for about 10 minutes. We were all very good uh, and did not, we knew she was trying to bait us, we did not bait, but then she walked down those stairs and was gonna disrupt the speaker's press conference. And she was spewing, it had been a solid 10 minutes of ugliness, vitriolicness, hate, misleading statements. And I just went down and said, why can't you be civil to your colleagues? That's, I mean, when has it become okay? to just go on the capital steps and just disrupt everybody and spew hate at them. And I, 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 it's just, I, I've been bullied at different points in my life and I'm tired of bullies and she tries to disrupt. She tries to get media attention and she bullies people and I'm not looking forward to the next moment that I see her either. And I want to be somebody I don't want kids to learn to um, scream at each other. But on the other hand, there are times that you just, enough's enough. And, uh, you know, this is a, I mean, the press conference itself she was trying to dis- uh, disrupt was on Build Back Better. A lot of people have, she's trying to get attention for her issue. It's a difficult issue. Uh, it's a very difficult issue for me. Uh, but I do believe in step- separation of church and state. And I believe it is an individual's right to make their own decision. That decision, is an individual's decision with their family, their doctor and their faith. And that has been what our country has been for more than 200 years. And just that, but I think all of us need to be really worried about the hate that is taking over this country, the fear. Uh, You know, I've been bullied before. I was bullied by the best of them, Donald Trump. Uh, And you don't know what it's like until you're in that hate tunnel and you are the target of it and I'll stand up to it I am I have been bullied in my life uh, I was bullied as a child and I will if you are bullying something someone or something that I care about I will stand up to you and what I think right now is we are fighting for the heart and soul of our democracy I think that this level of vitriolicness that we see on social media, this level of what's okay. When did it become okay to go in the capital steps and spew hate at your colleagues? It's not okay. We can disagree agreeably, but I, I will stand up to it. And it, I, I gotta tell you, I'm kind of depressed. It was not an easy weekend for me, but I will stand up for what I believe is right. And I think that this vitriolicness, this fear, this hatred in our country needs to be stood up to by all of us.
1: And I think, you know, Democratic activists and I think just normal Americans, were happy to see you stand up to a bully. And I think people see this bullying from the right. It's like this sort of fascist bullying that we're seeing. And they're using it to push very dangerous beliefs and very dangerous policies. I mean, the differences between what you're speaking about in regards to infrastructure and getting people health care and electric vehicles, it could not be more different than when you look at the right and see their COVID denialism and the conspiracy theories. How do you deal with a party and people you work with who don't seem to even be living in the same plane of reality at
3: times? So I would say to you, we've got to be very careful. I tend to take paintbrushes and paint everybody the same way. That's another problem right now in our. There are many good Republicans. I don't agree with them on policy. We should elect people by their policy, the way their behavior is, what you want to see happen. Um, it is the group of people that are spewing the hate that are trying to be disruptive that um, uh, in the kind of behavior you saw on Friday. There are Republicans that I've talked to every day, and I learn from them, and they learn from me. And we, you know, last week Fred Upton and I went down. There's a very moving exhibit on the mall right now a white flag for every American that's died because of COVID. That should be bipartisan. There are moments, I mean, I am an American, and there are many. Republicans that I talk to every single day I go and sit on the Republican side of the house so I, this isn't we shouldn't we need to find a way that you know it communities are communities because we all come together wouldn't it be boring if we were the stepboard wives and went all the same way but we got to treat each other with respect We got to be civil we got to learn from each other we each had different life experiences we have different perspectives we can learn from each other on. That's what we should be doing. Spewing hate, trying to divide us, spreading lies, vitriolicness, rudeness, anger are not okay. although I'm angry. So
1: where where do you think the vitriol comes from? Is it them trying to appeal to grassroots donors? Is it the Internet in general? Like, why do you think they are behaving like that? And why do you think those beliefs seem to be where the energy of the party is?
3: I, I, I ask myself this every day. And, you know, a, a week ago when um, there was another demonstration that was going to be at the Capitol, I actually printed just some of a, a sample of the hate and the death threats I had gotten that week. And people said, Why are you doing this? And I said, Because I want people to see what people say and, and think it's okay. I think social media has given people and uh, and an, an, they're anonymous, so they think if they say it, it doesn't matter. That's one thing. I, I don't know where this has all come from, and we—I do believe that Donald Trump con- contributed to it significantly. Totally. And you know, when he became president, I said he was elected; he's our president. You've got to respect the office of presidency. And I said I'd work with him on issues I agreed with. I happened to agree with him on trade, but it. His hate. His he tried to divide this country, and his when the when our leader is spreading fake news, vitriolicness, it almost gives permission to people to do some of this. And I think that was a contributing factor. And I'm going to fight back. I don't think people should feel that they have permission to do some of the behavior we are witnessing in this country. And I don't think it's one of us. I think all of us should stand up and say just respect each other that's all respect each other you can disagree but do it respectfully
1: and it seems like they are mobilizing this anger uh a lot of republicans the ones we're referring to to systematically overturn voting rights across the country um how are we dealing with that what's the latest with voting rights legislation and how do we counter i mean hey the arizona fraud it failed and, and rightfully so, but they're now trying to nationalize that. They're trying to bring it to Michigan. They're trying to bring it to Texas, a state that Trump won. Like, what is happening?
3: So I want to say to your listeners, you really need to think about what is happening in this country. What they are trying to do is undermine the fundamental principles of our democracy. They are the, the most fundamental strength of our democracy, and the most fundamental right and responsibility every one of us has is to vote. And we go and we vote on election day, knowing that our vote counts, and that democracy means a a legal majority uh, determines what the outcome is. And what these people are doing is trying to undermine our confidence in the outcome of that vote with no credence, no credibility, no facts to back it up. But people believe it. I'll tell uh, this was a true story. I was in Belleville, this is in Michigan, walking down the street and I'd like to go out. Um, I, I'd like to, I don't have staff. I don't have entourages, I'm me. I, um, I go by myself because I want to hear, I want people to feel that they can talk to me. And that's how I, I know what's going on. And two labor guys walked up to me and said, could we talk to you? I said, sure. Um, And they wanted to know what was wrong about someone having to show ID before they voted. And I said, in Michigan, uh, people are trying to, some seniors have been on absentee voting ballot lists for, you know, since they turned 65. There's some that have been on it for 20 or 30 years. Getting to the clerk's office is hard. And what they're trying to do is to now say their A V ballot wouldn't count unless they came to the clerk's office somehow and showed the uh, uh, ID or the vote wouldn't count. And you know, if you're a senior and not getting around or you're in, don't have you can't drive, you don't have your driver's license anymore. That's hard. You established your you got on that list by showing, you know, establishing your credibility. So they gave me that point. And we talked about a lot of issues going forward. We talked for a good, solid 15 minutes, had very honest, again, respectful conversations. But at the end of it, they said, we really appreciate you taking this time. But we still think Donald Trump won the election. And it it. That's what's happening out there. I mean, we've seen these audits in state after state. The fact of the matter is Joe Biden's picking up more votes, not less. By the way, I'm someone that said Donald Trump could win four years ago. Nobody believed me. Everybody or five years ago now. Everybody's, oh, there's Debbie. And I saw it in Michigan because I was out there. I was listening to people. Union workers were really mad about trade. But I also saw what, I mean, i listened. listen. I, Joe Biden won this election legitimately. The clerks, Republican clerks and Democratic clerks, protected our fundamental democracy and made sure that those votes were protected and there's integrity in the process. And people are trying to undermine people's confidence. or trying to destroy our democracy. And this is real. People need to understand this is real. And that if we don't fight back and protect our democracy, make sure that everybody who's an American can vote and has that right to vote, and we don't make it hard for them to get to a poll to vote, we're in trouble. And by the way, we are in trouble.
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more. And our followers, I know, voting rights is their number one issue. It's the thing they're most concerned about. And I think they look at you, Representative Dingle, and your colleagues, and they say, this has been the most productive Democratic House in recent memory, like the amount of bills that you guys are passing, the amount of work you are doing for the American people is astronomical. But then what happens? It goes to the Senate where it seems like all legislation goes to die. How? can we get past this filibuster? What is your recommendation? What are your thoughts on the filibuster? And how do we get through to those couple of uh, Democratic politicians in the Senate that this is an existential crisis and we need to act now by any means necessary?
3: Well, I could give you my flip answer, which is to quote a man that I love deeply who wrote a book the year before he died where he said we should eliminate the Senate. And uh, I agree with him. But since we're not going to be able to do that, We, I mean, I'm not a member of the Senate. Uh, uh, I, we've, I mean, I now hear rumors, rumblings. I have not talked to the President directly about this myself. It's good that he is beginning to get close to being supporting eliminating the filibuster. But I think you all should keep the pressure on United States senators. That I, you know, I, I think that our forebears were very smart when they wrote our constitution when, uh, and they knew what they were doing. Although, you know, no one ever, I think, thought that we would have five states that would have the population equal to the rest of the country. We don't want to have that kind of disproportionate impact on it. Um, I think that the most important thing, because it's Senate rules, it's not House members, if we could do it, we could get you the votes. You got to keep the public pressure on that it is time to review and change some of those rules that were written at a time that no one could predict that we would be where we are now.
1: And and Representative Dingell, when you speak of pressure, you're a lawmaker yourself. What kind of pressure works?
3: Well, not everybody's like me. I mean, if you happen to have a a senator, which there aren't many that do, that are out and about, you should talk to them when you see them. Um, You know, try to find their town meetings if they're having them that that. But. So, you know, if there are places that you know they're going to be, go talk to them. But otherwise, it's phone calls. And, you know, when people do these, a lot of people have done grassroots advocacy um, mailings. People know when they're getting an organized campaign and organized campaigns, while they can show strengths of feeling, probably don't get listened to as much as you're individualizing how you feel. And you express your opinion through letters, uh, phone calls, write an op-ed, put a letter to the editor, try to get on the radio, get your community organized. That's how I got involved years ago. I mean, I got the 18-year-old vote passed in when I was still in high school. I organized Citizens United for the vote at 18. I organized high school students across the state michigan what did i know back then except that i was like taxation without representation nobody cared about us and that was my first you know since then i I mean before i ever became a member i felt strongly about women's health when i found that we weren't included in any of the federal research i mean this was a while ago now, and started the National Women's Health Resource Center and organized people from around the country because just because I have hormones, we're 50% of the population, and I want to know how a drug or what's happening is going to, if you know, no offense, guys, you're three very handsome young men, but you react differently to things than I do as a woman, and we needed to know that. So I, I became an activist organizer at a very early age around issues that I cared about, and I found people you can find them, it's easy. You start organizing and you organize at a grassroots level and you make your voices heard.
2: That's incredible. (laughs) Thank you so much. Switching gears here slightly, uh, Donald Trump back in the news again this weekend in Georgia, spewing and pushing the big lie. I'm not gonna really ask you about him, but I'm gonna ask you about our news media in general. How important is it that our news media, when they report that Donald Trump is spewing the big lie, actually report why it's the big lie and report news not just that it happened, but why it's important in the context of, of, of the world.
3: It really deeply concerns me that no one knows what's news now and what's commentary and that it is slanted. I think that our the, the press has always been a critical, I mean, since the founding of this country, of facts, the, the, the non-biased, just the facts. And I, You know, we have opinion writers, we have people like you that express your opinion. Podcasts are obviously one of the new uh, forms of media in some way. But I think that when someone is not telling the truth, they should try to present it in a way so that people know the whole story and see the whole picture and not just the distorted um, message that whoever it is is trying to deliver, but that it be delivered in a way that people know what the facts are.
2: And I just wanted to say, I know you mentioned earlier that it wasn't your proudest moment, but I watched that video from over the weekend on loop and I was proud. I was proud that finally that there was a representative that stood up to all the BS and just stopped that right in its, in its track. So thank you so much from from the bottom of my heart. And I think from a lot of Democrats everywhere that are sick and tired of us just being pushed over.
3: Thank you, Jordy. I will. Um, I, while I don't like how I feel I will not be bullied and I will not let other people bully people. So I'm not going to just because I had a bad moment. If I see bullying, I will always stand up for it when it is the right thing to do for the country that I love and the people I represent.
0: And it was Jordy's proudest moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> representative dingle we thank you so much for your time thank you for joining us on the midas touch podcast your insight today was truly incredible um and we thank you once again
3: thank you guys i love being with you and uh go blue that's a michigan but it means something else too
1: who's michigan up against this weekend is it wisconsin
3: i think it's wisconsin this weekend i can't i've been so um um uh, focus that I haven't gotten there. It's an away game though, that I do know. Well, so, we won't
1: ruin this interview by telling you that Jordy went to the Ohio State. I would never oh, ruin this interview on, by telling Jordy, you that Jordy went to the Ohio State. You
2: guys are mad because Representative Dingle likes me more <laughs> than you guys. Now you have to make him not like me on the way out. So Well,
3: no, there will just be one day, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, you and I will be on opposite sides. Okay. But it's too bad that your color's red and mine's blue.
0: Ah, this is true.
3: This
0: is true. <laughs> more ways than one Representative Dingle. Thank you so much again.
3: Thank you, guys. Take care. Be
0: safe. Thank you so much for joining us, Representative Debbie Dingell. Brett, before we move on with the show, let me tell you a little bit about Policy
1: Genius here because summer is coming to an end. The leaves are about to fall. And while Mother Nature does her thing to prepare for the new season, you could do yours by seeing how much you could save on home and auto insurance. So why Policy Genius? Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place. They could help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. We all love lower prices. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. That's a lot of money. One thousand. $250 a year. They save new customers an average of $435 per year on auto insurance. And they've saved new customers an average of $350 per year on home insurance. Their team will handle the paperwork to set up your new policy or switch over your current one. So you don't have to worry about all that complicated stuff. Getting started is super easy. Just head to policygenius.com. You answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. And then Policy Genius just takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurance. From progressive to all state to find your lowest quotes, the Policy Genius team can look for ways to save you more, including bundling your home and auto policies. And if they find a better rate than what you're paying now, they'll switch you over for free. Their top-notch services, earn earned Policy Genius thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and Google. So head to PolicyGenius.com/MIDAS right now. That's PolicyGenius.com/MIDAS. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right and save some money. We're all about saving money here at the Midas touch podcast. Then let's also tell you quickly about magic spoon, magic spoon, our favorite new cereal growing up. Cereal is one of the best parts of eating as a kid. I don't know about you guys, but I loved eating cereal all the time. But when we got older, we had to give it up because we realized it was full of sugar and junk that we shouldn't really eat. So let me tell you why we love magic spoon, zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein. You wondering where Jordy gets his muscles from? It's that protein right there in Magic Spoon cereal and only four net grams of carbs in each <laughs> serving, only 140 calories. Jordy does, for the listeners of the podcast, you gotta watch because Jordy does a whole like mime bit. It's it's a whole thing. Only 140 calories a serving, keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb. They got a variety pack, four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. I love uh, combining the chocolate chocolate with the peanut butter, making my own sort of peanut butter cup cereal. You could be as creative as you want with these variety packs. Um, It's exactly like the cereal that you think of when you grew up with, but it's super nutritious and it's delicious, but it's super, it it genuinely brings joy to my mornings and afternoons, guys. That's really what I'm trying to say here. So head on over to magicspoon.com slash Midas, grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our code Midas at checkout and you'll save $5 off your first order. Magic Spoon so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason at all, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal right now at magicspoon.com Midas. That's M-E-I-D-A-S. And use that code Midas, M-E-I-D-A-S, to get $5 off. Thank you again to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode.
0: Ben, what is next? We know that Letitia James, the AG of New York, has been involved in a criminal investigation into the Trump Organization. Of course, we know that within the Manhattan DA's office, Cy Vance has already filed uh, charges, and Alan Weisselberg, the CFO of the Trump Organization, and Letitia James in the AG's office is also participating in that action. But in connection with Letitia James, criminal investigation out of the New York AG's office. They've been subpoenaing records for the Trump organization. It shouldn't shock anybody that the Trump organization has not produced uh, the records that are deemed responsive to the requests. And um, the subpoenas have been uh, now put before a judge. And a New York judge has ordered the Trump Organization to submit a report next week to the New York Attorney General in an effort to resolve these disputes. The order by Judge Arthur Engeron states, quote, the Trump Organization by September 30th, 2021, shall provide a report in reasonable detail of actions to preserve, collect and produce hard copy and electronic documents responsive to The AG subpoena, as the judge says, the Trump organization, quote, shall work diligently to comply with each of the production and other responsibilities. I think there's a problem there. I don't think the word diligent and responsibilities can actually be in the same sentence (laughs) as the (laughs) Trump organization. Um, Letitia James stated, quote, for more than a year now, the Trump organization has failed to adequately respond to our subpoenas, hiding behind procedural delays and excuses. Once again, the court has ordered that the Trump organization must turn over the information and documents we are seeking, otherwise face an independent third party that will ensure that takes place. Our work will continue to undeterred because no one is above the law. What do you think about that, Brett Jordy?
1: I think that these investigations are heating up. It seems like we're getting a lot of movement when you look at New York, when you look at Georgia, when you look at the January 6th Select Committee. Those seem to be the places right now where Trump is in the most legal jeopardy. And so I think we need to watch as these develop. And I think these are actually starting to move really quickly. I think these investigations are starting to get really, really serious. And it's probably helpful that Trump goes out and just admits to crimes. Like, when have you ever the craziest part. (laughs) like You're just allowed to do that. We saw even like Sidney Powell the other day go on the air and she just kind of admitted to sedition, admitted to a plot uh, where she said Trump would take care of everything as long as they could delay on January 6th the certification of the 2020 election that Trump would take care of the rest. That was basically Sidney Powell's plan. Dude, they are the
2: dumbest fucking criminals ever.
0: Let's just let, let, let's just do it, Brett. Just play the video of that. Let's uh, play the Sydney Powell America. because it, it ties into this.
4: We were filing a 12th Amendment constitutional challenge to the process that the Congress was about to use under the Electoral Act provisions that simply don't jive with the Twelfth Amendment to the United States Constitution. And Justice Alito was our circuit justice for that. Louis Gomert was the plaintiff in our lawsuit. And we were suing the vice president to follow the 12th Amendment as opposed to the Electoral Count Act so or Electoral College Act. So that was the the main point. And Nancy Pelosi had finagled to file an amicus brief in it. There'd been inside goings on in Congress whereby I believe it was Steve Scalise and McCarthy kept her from being an actual party. She wanted to work her way into the case of the party, but somehow politically that didn't happen. But so she got noticed when we made her filing because she wanted to file an amicus brief or had filed an amicus brief. And uh, then you know everything broke loose and she had to really speed up reconvening Congress to get the vote going before Justice Alito might've issued an injunction to stop it all, which is what should have happened.
1: It's like every day that passes, and jordy like they say something else that shows that lays out the framework of what they were hoping happened on january 6th and why they brought that crowd to the capitol and why they instructed them to storm the capitol to stop the certification of the votes what they didn't count on there was that nancy pelosi would reconvene congress to continue the process that night Mm -hmm. they were hoping to delay that process as long as possible so then trump could step in and Do whatever he could in his
0: power to try to delay certification and then well play trump's clip from arizona from georgia when he talks about calling brian kemp
1: but i said to these young people let me handle it i was going to show them how good i am let me handle it i'll call him up i said brian listen you know you have a big election integrity problem in georgia I hope you can help us out and call a special election and let's get to the bottom of it for the good of the country. Let's get to the bottom of it for the good of your state. Let's go. Election integrity. What could be better than that? Sir, I'm sorry, I, I cannot do that. That's, whoa. I said, You cannot do that. And that's why, uh, let me
4: tell you, this guy's a disaster.
1: Trump is doing ben doing trump
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean when you when you watch and listen to it it is the biggest clownish you know it's the what who else in the whole entire world speaks in this way i mean it's the craziest thing that there is still a subsection of of human beings who look to this guy and go yep yep you know i
1: mean it's crazy (laughs) that's our guy Trump followed that up by basically telling voters that he would prefer to have Stacey Abrams as governor than Brian Kemp. Yeah. So, kind of so endorsing you have the old Stacey. impressions,
0: right? You have the old impressions of Trump that are more like, ladies and gentlemen, here's what we need to do. And then occasionally the impressions got like, and we need to do it like this. And now <laughs> Trump just has this kind of oscillating craziness that like you couldn't even do a profession because so it would be like and then brian Kemp told us oh well, we need to do this because we're going to the ruffle <laughs> store and then brian Kemp did
1: thing. and then we all need to say hey now donald yeah. trump they said sir they said sir sir, <laughs> sir why would you do this sir and i said to him sir here's the reason it's because i'm donald trump like
0: there's no it's the crazy these clips are just we are watching someone who needs to be in a stray jacket because he's literally gonna eat his own flesh. It's a fucking psycho. <laughs>
1: yeah. If this man was not a uh, former president or and had didn't have money, he would be off the would be taken off the streets for, for like like have I have, 51, a, th- I have a
2: theory why he gets you know why his inflection changes so much that is really nasty and i can't get it out of my head now that i've thought about it but every time he goes high because he's clenching because he's gonna poop his pants and then he
0: relaxes <laughs> so
1: <laughs> so great, so that's great, so great he, analysis so, so so we, about that. that's why people come to minus touch for the hard-hitting political analysis analysis.
0: i hope that rep debbie dingle <laughs> After the interview, it is not continuing (laughs) to listen. And if you are, I'm sorry. That was uh, Jordy. Just some other news to bring up. Uh, You saw Meet the Press for some reason. That's entirely unclear other than Meet the Press just wants to kind of doesn't understand the law of holes. They keep digging deeper and kind of just shaming their reputation at this point. It used to be an incredibly important platform where on Sundays people can talk about issues. They, now it's like just the WWE wrestling match that Swalwell talked to us about. They bring on Megan McCain. Um, right they start right up, there, just right yeah.
1: before even hearing what she has to say. You're like, that's a move of a show. It's an unserious program that brings on <laughs> Megan McCain to speak. Yeah,
0: completely unserious program. She goes on. She proceeds to basically say that Um, The build back agenda is five trillion dollars. It's unpopular and it represents basically a uh, problem that the Democrats are pushing this agenda, um, which went unchecked on the show um, and then meet the press Twitter account, then basically runs that quote with no context as though it's fact and publishes the quote um, and uh, I think, and you know, John Favreau, you know, rightly pointed out, one is not five trillion dollars, second, it polls extremely well, 55 to 70 percent, um, depending on different months. But it polls in the 60s, usually mid 60 percent support. Um, and the only reason it doesn't have full support is that you have people who hear Trump go. And they go, that man is smart. And they think that COVID isn't real. (laughs) So how could you expect those people to support anything rational? Um, And then, um, you know, meet the press, just double downs on it. And it's a problem that we keep seeing in the media. This is what the media does. They
1: go, the Build Back Better bill is polling at 70% positive, you know, positive rating. What are Democrats doing about the 30%? The Democrats are in disarray. Let's go to a local diner and talk to Trump supporters about why this is a offensive and horrible bill. And then you're like, wait, you just said it was 70% popular. Why are we talking to these people? Why don't we talk to the people who are saying how much this bill is going to help their lives? Why don't we talk to the people who are getting the child tax credit and who have been lifted up out of poverty by child tax credits? Why are not we talking to the people who are gonna be able to drive to work on roads that are smooth, on bridges that are safe, who get broadband in rural areas who previously had not had them? Why aren't we talking to those people who this is going to positively impact? why are we speaking to the cultists? And a lot of times when I make these criticisms, people go, oh, so you think no Republican should be on TV? And that's not really what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is these lies should not be allowed to be spewed unchecked in the mainstream media. Hey, it's one thing if these people go on Newsmax, where it really is just a propaganda network, but if you were going on Meet the Press on NBC, there is an expectation for the host to push back. There is an expectation that when that show posts on social media, that they post a comment with the proper context. They don't just post the lie and amplify the lie. And that is the problem we are seeing with these organizations. And they become very fragile once you point them out and it's almost like they're fucking with us at this point like getting Megan McCain on this show who is not a relevant political figure to speak about these issues who truly is just a propagandist at this point it's not a serious thing to bring on that show when you could have Democratic leaders who are pushing the bill and even Republican people who may have legitimate concerns about the spending bill. Bring those people on and make sure that each side is telling the truth and correct the record and deliver to the American people the truth about what is going on here. You just expect so much
2: more out of a meet the press. I mean, not not anymore. Obviously, what they've turned into is just disgusting. But when cat turd Two and meet the press have the same journalistic standards, there's a real problem. Real okay. problem cat
0: turd and cat turd and meet the press don't have the same journalistic standards, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 the reality is, is
1: <laughs> meet the press is the cat turd of uh broadcast news, it as is I it what Jordy is, just, just said. Meet the
0: press is not the cat, but guys, it's even Dan
1: Rather did you see what Dan Rather wrote the other day? I mean, I think what Dan Rather wrote, and and Dan Rather is a guy who spent his whole life covering the news, and even <laughs> he is <laughs> are you laughing at cat turd meet the press. No,
0: I'm laughing that you did, is a guy. <laughs>
1: is a guy and one of the problems. <laughs> so Dan Rather wrote the other day here, one of the problems with how politics is covered is many have forgotten that the purpose of politics is policy, as in solving problems. It's not about scoring points in a game of inside baseball. And to cover it as such undermines the health and safety of our nation and the planet. And I could not agree with what Dan Rather said more. And that's what we see when we have like a Megan McCain on these shows, they are bringing her on for that WWE style performative bullshit aspect. They are bringing her on to try to say something controversial. They think it will help them in the ratings. They know that we'll be outraged. And so it's almost best we don't feed into it with our, you know, giving them engagement on these things, but we just, you know, shame them as, as properly as we should. Like we should just show just utter disdain for what this is without tuning in, without sharing the Megan McCain clip, because these people are unserious people and they have no uh, they have no place in in the political discourse which should be about as dan rather said about creating policy that helps people's lives
0: because democrats deliver at the end of the day and to close out the show of democrats deliver with representative debbie dingle i want to show a graphic and talk about the graphic to those uh, listening on the podcast it is from mark levin of fox news who talks about the dems radical ideas in spending and this is literally what the graphic says and then they proceed to li- list what the radical ideas um in spending are and number one extend the temporary child care credit with additional taxpayer subsidies radical yikes Two. radical expand uh, medicare to include dental vision, and hearing. How Wait, dare I think you. People
1: should be able to get dental and vision and hearing care. People
0: need, how, how dare they hear? Radical.
1: How dare hearing they? Is,
0: hearing is very radical. How dare they hear and see? <laughs> Lower the Medicare age from 65 to 60. These are all wildly radical. popular concepts. <laughs> There's nothing radical about any of these. The radical piece is that there is a group of GQP humans the whole entire GQP who thinks that other humans don't have the right to dental vision and hearing. And maybe it's because these individuals themselves are so uh, upset about everything and are so disenchanted that they don't want to hear or see anything because they've been lied (laughs) to over and over again by, you know, their, uh phony ponzi scheme fraud leaders like donald trump but at the end of the day we live in a world where we want people to have these things dental vision hearing child care these are not radical concepts at all and what i loved about our interview with representative debbie dingle today um Is that messaging is going to win elections at the end of the day. If Democrats can go out there and say it the way she said it consistently and not listen to all the bullshit from the meet the presses and all of this that try to make this a fair fight. When at the end of the day, the only fair fight is the true fight for American people and to deliver things what Americans want, not a WWE political battle. It almost seems like what these shows are. And Brett and Jordy, you'll remember this reference. Um, You'd have computer assistance on when we would play video games, or you could have kind of computer assistance off. Remember when computer assistance would be on, they try to keep the games as fair as possible. Uh-huh. So no matter what you do, the games would try to be kept fair. And to some extent, the media, because their ratings depend on close races and drama, they want to keep that computer mm-hmm. assistance on. They want to keep that media assistance on. And that's not what Midas Touch is about. Midas touch is about we want to fight unapologetically for democracy and uplift these voices, voices. Brett, final thoughts.
1: My final thoughts are that uh, there's a difference between a party uh, fighting internally about what is best for the country in terms of, should we be spending this amount of money on infrastructure or should we be spending that amount of money on infrastructure? Should we include this provision or should we include that provision? Versus a party who is fighting about, should we have a democracy? Or should we just have full up, should we just overthrow the government? Should we do an insurrection? Should we do another insurrection? Those things are different things and these should not be held on the same plane. And it's important for all of us to call it out and for us to fight for the values that mean a lot to us. And I hope you also take what Representative Dingle said into effect because we don't just want to call out the problems, but we want to solve them. And what Representative Dingle said about going to your elected officials, showing up at the meetings, making phone calls, sending emails, sending tweets at them, do that all, please, and do it respectfully, as always. We always ask that you contact representatives in a respectful manner, but apply that pressure and turn up the pressure high. And let's stay positive out there. And I really think that we are going to have incredible victories to come for democracy and for the Democratic Party, but it's gonna require all of us working together towards a common goal to make that happen.
0: And Jordy, any final words before giving the shout out? I personally
2: wouldn't be surprised if Chuck Todd runs the CatTurk Twitter account. Shout out to the Midas Mighty!